Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, I'm wishing you a happy Wednesday on Tuesday. I mean, we were recording this on Tuesday, December 6th. You will see this in the morning. So happy Wednesday to you. I'm Steve Schultz, founder, along with my wife of both the Elijah List and Elijah Streams. We are in year 25 of bringing you the voice of the prophets. So welcome to the broadcast. Uh, we're going to bring Kat on in just a few moments. Uh, I'll just give what your appetite for this. So tell your friends. Um, a lot of people miss the uh, Israel tour with Kat that is this spring. Uh, and they th- they just really wanted to do the event with her. She's We're about to announce her cruise that will take place in August. But you got to be first in on this stuff, too, if you missed it. So if you want to go on a cruise with Kat, this is the day. So t- uh, text your friends, email your friends, what, whatever. Um, text or email or all of the above. So, all right. Uh, we're going to read with Kat in just a moment. But first, uh, this message. In a few more weeks, we will be up to 77 wells in Uganda alone, not counting what we've done in Nepal. We are looking at some other wells uh, in Ethiopia. Um, so this is all your donations to us. You know, first and foremost, it runs the organization and the 24 employees here. But then when we have extra, then you know we're, we're looking at what you give as kind of like a tithe, if you will. And so we then tithe on out to these causes. And God is really, really blessing this ministry for it. So you are helping us have the favor of God on us because you're giving us and a lot of that we're then tithing on out to to provide water uh, over a thousand people have been saved over six eight church plants there so in in uganda just because of the water so thank you thank you thank you so all right it's time for wednesdays with cat and steve so here we go cat so we have a cruise we got to talk about a cruise Okay. <laughs> Talk about it, and then after after you say if you oh there it is, uh, we can go back and forth between the flyer. Let's just tell people as you talk, this is the flyer for it, and we're going to put a number on the bottom. If you want to put that there, Michael, some of you might want to write that down real quick because we'll go back and forth between Cat and this flyer. Yeah. You go to heavenlycruises.com or these this phone number. Uh, they, they will answer that at Heavenly Cruises, and they know you're calling because they want to fill up that particular. They just we're just announcing it. Don't miss out. Some of you missed out on the Israel tour with Kat. So Kat, say anything else you want to say about the cruise. And this what you is going to be a really wonderful uh, Caribbean cruise. It's my favorite part of the Caribbean. And I want to thank uh, Pastor Sharon of Heavenly Cruises. We've done quite a few cruises with her. So this will be another great one. But you don't want to miss this one. It's got St. Thomas and it's um, and it's got my better side of the Caribbean. I'm not crazy about the Western Caribbean. I love the Eastern Caribbean. Uh, I think that the places are much better to go to. The people are happier there. Really? And uh, the beauty, uh, uh, the beauty and splendor. I think on St. Thomas, one half of that whole island is French, and the food is absolutely like in heaven. Wow. And the other half of that whole island is Dutch. So you actually get to see two different countries just by visiting that one place. It's just one wow. of the places we'll go to. And so it's going to be real exciting. We'll have awesome worship. Of course, I'll be speaking. Uh, we'll definitely have our, our greeting, our, our what, what do you call that, Jen? Meet our, meet and, our meet and greet place where we get to meet everybody on the cruise before we ever go anywhere. Good. I love doing that. I made that happen because people were trying to find me all over the ship. And 
it made it much better if I just said, here I am. And so we spent like. <laughs> so anyway, this is really good, Kat. So uh, I'm very excited to help promote this. A lot of people were really disappointed. They, they didn't get into the Israel tour because yeah. they want to be with Kat. So this is their chance to do that. This is a chance to go. And like I said, it's, it's definitely the better side of the Caribbean. And even the atmosphere in these, these places are wonderful. There's things to do with your family, a lot to do on the ship, a lot to do on shore. Uh, you won't you won't regret coming. And I will look forward to seeing every single person. So make sure you sign up pretty quick. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Do they still do, uh, is it Sharon, is that her name? Yeah, What's, Pastor Sharon. Pastor Sharon, do they still do, do the thing with Heavenly Cruises where they bring people in on one of the other days at sea and then they prophesy over them? Are they doing that? Still, we usually have a prophetic team on board. Okay. Uh, we have a prophetic team that actually has real prophetic meetings. I don't know if they teach you how to prophesy, but they do have classes. You have, I, I think, uh, prayer time uh, also during that whole week. And um, sometimes we have a surprise guest. I'm just going to say that. I won't say anything about it. Okay. Not anything else about it, but it will be absolutely wonderful and definitely a wonderful time to go. To hear God, to know what God is saying, you know, every day that you're there. Good. And uh, it's just going to be a wonderful time, especially if your family gets to come. You're going to love it. That's good, good, good. Yeah. Um, we the, Even the thing, I won't say the names either, but even on the Israel tour, there's some surprise guests that we yes. didn't pre-announce. So that's, that's right. on the Israel tour. And then if, that, if you're having that on the cruise as well, that's yeah. whoever. We don't, you know. Anyway, it's going to be fun. We're doing, uh, we, we've got some real bonding time, you and me doing the Israel trip before, yeah. and Captain Bing is uh, comes with you, and that's going to be yeah. fun. So, but will, will uh, Bing, Captain Bing, be with you on the cruise on this one? Absolutely, yes. I'm pretty positive he will be, especially anywhere in the Caribbean. If there's any chance of him going fishing anywhere <laughs> while he's on that cruise or on shore, he's definitely going to be doing that. That's good, good, good. So, all right. Well, I've got a bunch of questions on heaven and other all other things biblical. But do you have anything on your heart before I get into questions? Just, just so many exciting things happening that people have already heard about. You know, things that have happened with the court, things that have happened with other people. Um, and I know some of the races were not really what everybody thought they would be. But do you remember what I said to you? Remember, I said. Don't count on the midterm elections to change everything. I knew that wouldn't do it. I know there will be some great changes that happen because of that. But I also yeah. know that God's got a lot more than that plan that he intends to do. Good, good, good. Good stuff. So, all right. Well, if you're ready for questions, uh, we have an hour right. today. We're 10 minutes into our hour just for, for time's sake because I know you've got a thing you've got to get to. So, a uh, seven-year-old Ethan is asking this question. Are there Nerf guns in heaven? I want to have a Nerf war with Jesus in heaven one day. That's his. So you know, Jesus to... probably would want to have that Nerf war with you because he likes to play with all of the kids a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised. And if not, maybe that's something you, you will create yourself up there. Oh, cool. Very, very cool. Okay. All right. Now, Tammy's asking. Now, that was the one child question I have. So, um, this was a question that has actually has occurred to me before, but I've never asked it. But Tammy's asking, are we all children of God, whether we're saved or not? Or do we just become children of God when we get saved? I think I know that while we carried him, we were called his sons and daughters. 
you know, and I know it, 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 of course, it's very important to make sure you receive Christ as your savior through sometime throughout your life here on earth. That's the whole purpose really of heaven being there is to make a place for you to be able to come back to the father. Okay. I just know that the father carried all of us inside of him. And at the time of conception, our spirit is knit together in the mother's womb. That's what the Bible says. So I would think he is your original father, really, the one who carried you and was with you the most before you ever came to this earth. His very, his very greatest desire is to have everybody come home to him. That's really what he would like to see happen. Do you? Let me ask it this way too, because this might be a partial answer uh, to that 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 was coming at it from another angle. If every child born on this earth is assigned at least one, sometimes two angels, I think you've said. You're right. Then, then aren't those two angels being assigned to these yet unsaved children, if we can put it that way, because they are all God's children? So Absolutely, yes. And I do know this, that every child goes to heaven. There's not a child uh, left on earth or left to go to the other place. All children go to heaven. Yeah. And that is, I'm quite sure, an opportunity somewhere in there. I know that even when they arrive, even little babies, uh, not that they have to, to be able to get back into heaven or get into heaven, but they want to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And of course, at the time of conception, your angels are sent then from heaven. And they'll be with you your entire life, watching over you, guarding you. Uh, they may even perhaps sometimes say things to you. You may not even realize it's them. But that's their whole purpose for being there is to to help you to get to know Christ. Yeah. Make sure that you are protected and kept. So I think that they you matter that much to the Father. He does that even before you realize even what angels are or anything is. So yes, that is when your angels are sent from heaven. Your guardian angels are sent at the time of conception. Let me ask one further thing. When when children, if they were suddenly killed or something, they would simply go to heaven. Whether yes. they're Muslim or any other thing, they would go because That's they're right. a child. When they become an adult and now they're 18 years old or 20, and now let's say some one of them is becoming a criminal, whether it's a, a terrorist or there's just a criminal. They, they're, what are their angels doing? The angels apparently have to give them freedom of choice. So then what are the angels doing? Protecting them? They're protecting them, but there are other ways they can influence them, really. Okay. And they may not even know that's what that, that who's influencing them. They'll actually say to them, um, I shouldn't go in there. They'll say it like it's that, you know, I shouldn't go in there. If I, I, I wouldn't go in there, or maybe I shouldn't go in there is probably what they would say. They can do things like that to influence them, to help influence them, let them know, you know, this might not be a good place. I didn't think about that. And so it's really their thought lives that they can impact by saying things that God would say to them. Did you know, I believe God loves me. I think I need to know about God. And so there are ways that they can influence them and, and help to steer their direction. Sometimes they do just save their life. That's interesting. I want to ask a question that's related to that because you just are going to play it to see if I can pull it up. I'm not sure if I can. Um, it's going to be too complicated. I'll pull it. I'll write it up in a different time. Cause, okay. Okay. Um, Michael is asking this um, again. I don't know ages of how old or if if a bodybuilder like Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, goes to heaven, will he have the physique of a normal guy, or would he still appear to be all these muscles and muscle bound? What what if you know? 
I don't think your spiritual man has a lot of muscles. Okay. You have a spiritual body, and it is you, and it looks like you, but of course you're young. And I think most people are t overtaken by that. They're not really into, well, I don't have a lot of muscles right now because they don't have the physical body. Your physical body is the muscle part, okay? Your spiritual body is your mind, your will, and your emotions. And you do have a body. You have arms and legs. You, you can run. You can do all kinds of things. Of course, you can eat food, which is a good thing also. And so, uh, but your spiritual body is really not thought of even in the same way in heaven as, as on the earth. You still do fun things. You create things, make things, uh, take people to fun places, create fun places along, you know, the, the, the whatever your gift is. I just got to go to that gift thing. Yeah. So if, but if someone says, let's say they're not working out because you're a spiritual being, <laughs> but some people on earth, some guys were six and a half feet tall and they were yes. big built just by from birth. They didn't have to work on it. They were just big guys that could lift. They were everything. probably, they were, it says you'll be known as you're known, Steve. So okay. yes, recognize and you were known. You would be a little wispy, skinny, nothing. Okay. If that okay. makes you feel better. If yeah. you were tall and big, then you would be tall and big in heaven. Okay. That's good. That's answers it. All right. Here's when Melanie asks this. Um, she says, I've lost my hair due to some medical issues. And this is an interesting way she said this because you'll you'll see what I mean. She says, if I want more hair in heaven, can hairdressers there actually grow hair supernaturally without add-ons, or is that something only the father can do? I'm not quite sure if she's saying I'm gonna go to heaven bald and now will he oh. grow hair? I'm not sure what her question is. You can have long hair or short hair, curly hair or short or straight hair when you go to heaven, whatever you want, and you can change it whenever you want to. And she's not arriving in heaven without hair because she has no hair on earth, right? You're not because, you know, no matter what issues you had on this earth, they're gone. Yeah. You have no issues. There's no handicapped people. There's no, no nothing like that. So if you don't even wear glasses. No one in heaven wears glasses. You don't need any medical assistance or help or anything like that. You're totally whole and free of any issues or uh, symptoms in your body whatsoever. You will have beautiful hair. Okay, when that spiritual body steps out of that physical body, you will have beautiful hair. Okay, and you will be young and slim. I saw a woman who was in her 90s, and I was there when she passed. And when she, she stepped out, she looked like she was in her 20s. She wow. Had beautiful hair. Gee. I think the story is in book one. I think her story, Mrs. Mack, is in book one. And, and she looked so young. I was really blessed. For her, I was blessed. Can, let me ask you a question. I've never thought to ask this, but because of what you just said, you see people step out of their body. Some entity, God himself or Father, Son, Holy Spirit or angels, someone decided when she steps out of her body what she's going to be wearing, what her hairdo is going to be. Who does that? Who, who decides? I'm not quite sure who's on that. I'm not quite sure who's on that team, yeah. but... I do know that you do. I know people say, well, we have a little shift. If people draw people in heaven, bless their heart, they only know they get a robe and a gown. Yeah. And most people make it look like a bathrobe and a nightgown. Yeah. And they're true. very, very, very wrong. Uh, the outfits you're given to wear in heaven are absolutely stunning. They're amazing. They're beyond comfortable, number one. That's what I thought about them. But no, you have a whole wardrobe given to you in heaven. It's like, huge just like probably thousands of square feet uh all the things you're given to wear while you're there that you want to do there 
So don't worry about what you have to wear. You're going to look amazing and you'll be so happy that you're going to see Jesus Christ. That'll be the number one thought in your head. Oh, you'll get so undone when you see him. You know, everybody loves him so much for what he did for us. So, but I know these are normal questions people have, but yeah. no, you will look really good. Yeah. You're going to look good. And people will say that to you when you get there. Man, you look good. Everybody says that to everybody. Yeah. You know, and you're young, you look healthy, you're happy. Um, I never even thought of that question until today, but it, it just occurs to me because God is so intimately involved in everything down yeah. to the number of hairs. Someone decided what, like my mom's going to pass very soon. We almost thought we lost her last week. She's going to go home. Uh, she, she was back in the hospital, and it looked like she'd had a stroke and was gone. But at, at some point, she's going to step out of her body over there in Bend, Oregon. Someone's decided what she's going to wear. I just think that this intrigues me right now. I've never thought of that question before. And what her hair is going to look like, you know? Oh, yeah. She's just going to love her hair. Normally, normally, the women's hair is seen as longer and very beautiful, um, like kind of wavy, beautiful. I've never seen any women with short hair in heaven at all. They, all, that's they interesting. can have it if they want to, I guess, but not when, when they come home to heaven. They've got beautiful hair. Beautiful, yeah. like length hair. Well, that's interesting that you would say that you've in all the trips you've never seen a woman with short, really short hair. That's no, I haven't. Not wow. when they can have long hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's very good. All right, here's Marcy asking. She says, My favorite book part in your book, Revealing Heaven, is where you talk about Jesus pouring out his blood on the mercy seat. Now, I think she's keying off of the word seat because she says, Is the mercy seat part of God's throne? In heaven, is Jesus sitting on it? If not, is it located somewhere in the throne room? So she's trying to figure out where geographically this seat is. And I think she's meaning, she thinks the seat means you're going to sit on it. And that's not what the mercy seat is, right? The mercy not, seat is like an altar. Yeah, it's not a seat, an actual. It's not chair. a seat, nope. It's more like a, a beautiful, it's very beautiful. It's like a bench with things emblazoned, engraved in it. Uh, beautiful things on top of it, but that's where he poured out his blood. Yeah, he poured out his blood on the mercy seat. There's a picture of it, and I keep saying this. There's a picture of it in one of my books, and he's yeah. pouring his blood out on that mercy seat. Um, and it's actually it's a very very important part of the throne room itself. Yeah, up by the thrones, it's up there by the thrones. It's where it is. Anyone can go up there and see it, uh, and see. I guess probably examples of his blood may still be on that mercy seat. And I think the word seat must be, if we were to instruct someone else, we'd say, well, that means like you talk about someone is on the seat of power in Washington, D.C., or the seat of the government. It's that kind of seat. It's a place of importance. It's also a part of something else. Okay. What's that? It's a part of something else. Um, I can remember what the name of it is. You mean the Ark of the Covenant? or? It is very close to the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Um, but I do know that it's not something you walk up there and sit on. That's not what it is. Yeah. It was a seat or a place made, especially for him to pour his blood out when he yeah. came back. And do you have a sense whether that mercy seat is in a temple next door to the throne? Does it feel like it's a door away or something? Any I think sense? it's very close to the throne. Okay. Um, when I saw it, it was in front of the throne. That's where okay. I was taken to heaven. I saw it in front. I saw Christ pouring out his blood. I could see over his shoulder and I saw every wicked, evil thing, every every sin that you could have had, every evil, wicked thing that could have happened to you was appeared on this on this seat. Yeah. It was not a little tiny thing either. It wasn't huge, but it was a little tiny. 
I saw it and he pour one drop of his blood on it and you'd hear this. Oh, wow. Like it's like it's. And it erased it. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. It totally erased it. Like it, it, ra- it, like, it, 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 it like you might pour it, it on. It dissolved it. That's what it did. Like if there was a word adultery, it would be poured on the word adultery right. and then it would go disappear. Adultery That's would exactly disappear. what he did. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now here's Lori's asking, what do the streets of gold look like? Are they solid sheets like concrete, slabs, brick, gravel, cobblestone? Are the no. golden streets in heaven different colors? They're like transparent. Okay. They're like transparent gold that you can never see the end or how deep they are. Really? You can never see the end. You cannot see how deep it goes. How It's the most glorious thing. It reflects the glory of God. All of the streets reflect the glory of God. The, the, gold, the streets of gold do. But people are always so undone when they see them. It's not a, not even a color that you can actually say, well, it's just gold like a crown. Um, it isn't quite like that. I just know that it's transparent. You see the life of God flowing from them. And they go many places in heaven. There's other places you can go. Um, the the, um, the golden streets are not the only streets in heaven. There are other ones. There are paved ones. There's country ones. There's beautiful ones. There's ones filled with flowers. And you just walk on the flowers. And they separate from each other. And then they come back together. Uh, there's so many things I could talk about, about ways to walk around heaven or just go around heaven. But the streets of gold is definitely something everybody wants to see. The streets of gold. Um, so let me ask a question about all these these different kinds of streets, even and different kinds okay. of paths. So, does the Father or Jesus, who's the ultimate? I mean, the, together the Father speaks and Jesus is the Creator. Does that keep going? And do they keep making new things for eternity, or is it made? By the time we get there, it's kind of done. I don't think it's ever going to be done, Steve. I think that's just a part of them that they are, and they are creators. And as far as I know, every time I've gone, I've seen new things created, other stuff created, things I never even got to see that were created. And I think when someone new comes home to heaven, a lot of creativity starts happening um, because of what they do with their own gift, what they do with their life on this earth, probably determines other things that are made and built there, some for them, some for people to enjoy. Good, 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 good. Okay, Karen is asking, as we approach Christmas and are busy decorating for the season, I feel as though we have been bombarded by a crazy amount of, she's saying gnomes, G-N-O-M-E-S, gnomes. Is it harmless to buy and use gnomes as decorations in our home? Harmless or harmful, I guess? As far as I know, I've never known any evil gnomes. Gnomes people, they're not demons, Okay. They're not demons. They're not witches, warlocks. They're not any of that group at all. They're cute little characters that are usually in kids. Uh, um, little, you can, I don't call them fairy tales, but, you know, a fantasy to me is a good, decent, fun, adventurous film made or book written by people that doesn't have witchcraft in it, okay? Yeah. And those are one of the things I've seen people use uh, instead of the other stuff that is fun. They're usually exciting. They're usually helpful. So for me, it's not something I don't think that is a real, real thing. It's something that has been made uh, for people to enjoy or fun little things. We have gnomes. Okay, you have gnomes. Well, if cats oh, got Jenny gnomes. Oh, Jenny's yard with gnomes every single time, I'm telling oh, you. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I could have a gnome then. No, <laughs> now, I, I'm, not I, I've never... people can't, I'm not saying people can't make them look evil, sure. but they're not. 
They're not oh, I mean, known I, as an evil creature, people. I think there are some good things out there. Unicorns do not belong to the devil. Uh, they are not something that belongs to the New Age movement, people. They they live in heaven. Nine scriptures talk about the unicorns in heaven. And of course, the devil would like to take everything that is wonderful and beautiful and turn it into something that's his own, that's evil. But unicorns don't belong to him either, and neither do gnomes. That's good, good, good. I've never heard that question asked or answered. Good. Uh, here's what Don is asking. When Jesus was in the tomb and he took his first breath after resurrecting, did God breathe it into him? That's her question. Um, no. <laughs> no, he didn't have to go in hell and give him mouth to mouth resuscitation, people. Jesus, of his own free will, accomplished what he was asked of God. Die on the cross and take back the power and authority that was given away by Adam so that we as believers could have authority over all the all the devils and all the evil and the wickedness. And so when he finished his last assignment, which was to strip Satan, leave him in the dust and the fire of hell, take away the keys of, of hell, death, and the grave, and, and let him know you can never hold a righteous man in hell. That's what it was. Can't hold a righteous anybody in hell. And then exit hell, I'm quite sure, probably at the, at the blow of another lightning bolt because it started it all. He exited from hell, went all the way up and out of that tomb. I'm surprised that the, that the, um, the thing holding it closed didn't blow out of the way because the Son of God was coming back to wow. the earth, from, from, from hell to the earth. And no one could hold him there. No one had power over him there at all in any way whatsoever. And he showed them that. That's why they're so terrified of his name, his blood, his power, his authority, and his followers. There is a dualism. Sometimes two truths coexist that we don't understand. For instance, in that story or in that concept, there's one passage that says the same spirit, Holy Spirit, that raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body. So that's how he was raised by the spirit. And yet Jesus said at another place, I have the authority and power to lay my life down. And I have the authority to raise it back up. Yes, so it's, it's kind of a both end, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the closest I can ever get to it. It's like both, both things were true at the same time. Okay. Glenn asks, can a miscarried child, can, mis can the miscarried children of an unbeliever who are in heaven pray for their parents to be saved? So the, they're unsaved parents. The yeah. child is miscarried, goes to heaven. Now, can the child pray for these parents to be saved? That's the question. Oh, yeah, they definitely will pray. They will pray for their families and for their parents. They absolutely will. They'll okay. declare with them all the time. And, and this is kind of a silly question, but so you're saying that a little tiny baby that is gone, taken to heaven yeah. literally is given a certain amount of decree power, praying power, whatever, to, to, to get their parents saved? Well, I wouldn't say they don't have, they don't have heat on to get power. Their words alone will affect yeah, them. That's kind of what I over mean. Over them. So we can't say that they gave or given power to do that themselves. Yeah, I and mean, that's the power. Pray and declare over their family members on the yeah. earth. Jesus I, I think what I was trying to say, and I wasn't doing a good job, is the power in their words is really, the. I should have said it differently. Does yeah. he have the powerful concept of decreeing a thing and seeing it come but it's god does all the work 
So, okay. They do, and they have already known. They've gotten to know Jesus Christ when they got that. They probably received them. Uh, that is given to them to receive them. You don't have to receive Christ as a child when you die. You're an innocent thing, and so you would go to heaven anyway, but they all want to, and they actually have ceremonies where they go before the throne and receive Christ as a Savior wow. because they want to. And they understand his power. They understand his authority. They understand the importance of being there. And, and of course, they would, of course, uh, pray. A, a declaration is a strong way to pray. And, of course, they're going to go up there and declare over them that they would know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They Good. want to see him in heaven. Good. All right. Nick is asking, says, my father, who has passed away, was an actual cowboy at a ranch in Texas as a young man. He loved riding horses, and his job was breaking in new horses. I'm thinking he would love that job in heaven. Is there such a thing in heaven as breaking in a horse? Or? Oh, I'm quite sure there is, but it probably wouldn't be as easy as it was down here. Oh, really? Well, the horse would be talking to you the whole entire time you're trying to ride it. <laughs> and it it's... may be telling you, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> no. you, don't need to, you don't really need to break horses like that. Yeah. But they do have horse shows. They have rodeos. They have all kinds of things like that going on in heaven. And so they still ride bulls. It's a whole lot different in heaven. No one's going to get hurt, but you're going to have to be really quick and fast and know what you're doing if you think you're going to ride that bull successfully or the horse. Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, Jessica's asking, does it rain in heaven? Yes, it does. And they actually have a rainforest in heaven. Really? Yep, it's one of the beautiful places in heaven. And in the rainforest, I know this sounds strange, it rains in many places, but if you have a mansion that's built into the trees in the rainforest, it wouldn't have a roof on it, and it wouldn't rain inside your mansion. Gee. It would rain all around it. Oh, the rainforest, I haven't talked to a lot about that. Yes, of course they have it. That's why we have them on Earth. But let's say now, okay, so I get the rainforest thing, but let's say I live out in my, I have a mansion in heaven that's out in the country, and it's beautiful, and I love sunny days. Will there be days in heaven where rain comes through? There's a rain over on my property, or is that you can what you say? What's that? You can ask it to come. Oh, I don't want to. I don't <laughs> want the rain to come. I want the grass to stay green and the sun to stay up. I'm not a guy that loves rain. I well, live in the you Northwest. Know, your mind when you find out that the rain sings in heaven. Well, okay, maybe so. I mean, if you lived in the Northwest like I do, it's stop raining, is it? Oh, well, then you probably, I'm sure Jesus was with you exactly where you love it to be. Yeah. No matter where it is, you're going to love it. That's good, good, good. All right, Annie has this question. I had a dream that a younger woman was praying for me in heaven with a group of ladies. They were praying for me this thing, quote, on earth as it is in heaven, on earth as it is in heaven. I realized shortly later that it was my grandma who lived into her 90th year, and she was in her 20s in heaven. When others in heaven pray for us, quote, on earth as it is in heaven, what does that all mean for us who are here on earth? Are they praying for our destinies, promises, what? They want you to live heaven culture. That's what they're saying. Oh. It's a whole new way of life on earth called heaven culture. Uh and, and there's a little hint given in that prayer by Jesus Christ. All right? It's, what does it say that we should do? What? Wait, I didn't see. Our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Right. This is on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. 
That means the operations of the kingdom that Christ always talked about, the spiritual kingdom filled with power and blessing that we are supposed to be in charge of while we're on the earth. And that's what that scripture is talking about right there. On earth as it is in heaven. And so that's what they're saying. That's what their prayer is on earth as it is in heaven. They want you to live the way they're living in heaven by the choices you make, the words you say, the things you express. Who do you serve with your life? And, and if you live in heaven culture, you're going to show people, they're going to know you believe in Jesus Christ. That is, that is a given. So it is actually a way of life. And that's what they're saying. Your way of life be on earth as it is in heaven. We know you're not in heaven. Yeah. You can, uh, the, the way you operate your life, that things can happen similar to it. They're in heaven and you can live with no sin, right? No sin. Um, no, no unforgiveness. None of that stuff will be in your life. No fear. None of that will be in your life. If you're living on earth as they live in heaven, you'd be filled with joy, life, God's presence, God's purpose, God's will, mm -hmm. God's way. And you'll be taking the authority over the enemy all the time in your life. That's one of the reasons why we have the host of heaven. And so even the host of heaven are a part of living on earth as they live in heaven. And that's why they say that. It's something very important to them. They know what that means. Well, and can I say it this way? Is this fair to say it like this, that they are so supremely happy every second of every day? Of course, they don't have day and night as we have. They're yeah. so supremely happy, and they're just wanting you to get any piece of that. So they're saying, on earth for Joey, as it is here, on earth for Joey, is that about the same thing? I think you would live in peace, joy, celebration. You would live knowing that God does love you, that Christ did die for you. All these things are like normal living. It's like breathing to you on earth. That's good. Very, very good. All right. Carmen's asking, could you provide more insight on this scripture, Revelation 21, 12? It says the city wall was broad and high with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the, of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. Why do angels have to guard the 12 gates of heaven? What are they guarding them from? Okay. We're not talking about guarding like an enemy is going to attack you. They're, it's mainly like making sure that, I don't know, it's like maybe uh, making sure people get where they need to go, things like that, more like that. That you're, um, I think there's another word for it besides. Yeah, it's probably an imperfect translation because we all know they're not guarding, uh, you know. Yeah, the there's nothing's attacking heaven, people. Yeah. There's yeah. no one or nothing attacking heaven at all. And I yeah. do know that even policemen don't guard, they help with directions, they give directions, they help make sure you get to the right places. Um, so I think these are probably sentinels. They're more like a sentinel being stationed in a certain place to make sure if anybody comes by there, they need to know something or anything like that. It's more like giving that. Well, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they were if they were more like honor guards as we see them. Some yeah. presidential things they'll have honor guards. They're they're not really guarding. They're giving the majesty and they're stood at attention and they're you're showing right. the importance. There, but they're not stopping something right. from happening. So yeah. Okay, Anna's asking this. God is the grand creator of all things, and that includes the night sky with all the stars and constellations. But what about the zodiac? Should we believe in astrology? And if yes, to what degree? It is God's idea and creation after all, and Satan stole and defiled it on purpose. So I don't know how you'd... I think God's idea was astronomy, yeah. not astrology. Was he painting pictures in the sky with stars, though? Did God intend to have painted pictures 
like the story I've heard the story of redemption was actually in the stars through the pictures that the stars painted. Is that a legitimate thing? I think all kinds of things happen in the stars. And I think God made them number one for lights in the sky. One of the reasons he made stars, the stars was to, and by the way, he loves them. And did you know that nebulas, a nebula, which is like colored art in the sky, is actually a nest for baby stars. And yes, then some stars, when they're placed there, as they grow and grow, pretty soon they will leave there. Really? Part, yeah, they become part of another part of the cosmos and stuff like that. So I do like stars. I do uh, look at stars a lot, but I never even considered that they might be part of the zodiac. You know, people have all kinds of things. Uh, yeah. Their own understanding of that and their own mention of that. But God created the cosmos. And by the way, yeah. in the old text, in the old writings, it's mentioned, I think, um, I hope I get it right. I think over 150 times, they don't say the universe. The universe, according to man, was made by man. Oh. The big explosion, you know, that kind oh, of Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I call it the cosmos all the time because that's what God called It's called the cosmos in the, in yeah. the writings. Yeah. So the cosmos was made to bring light everywhere out there, even where you can't see or you think it would be so dark, when you show up anywhere in space, there's light everywhere. The stars are there, the nebulas are there, the planets are there. And I just know that God made them with his own hands. God spoke, his son came out, the word came out and made every single one of them. They never made them to be worshiped. They never made for them for that purposes. They had real purposes why they made the sun, the moon and the stars and all of that. I have a God question. About you know we know that the the moon in the sky affects the 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 tidal waves or the uh, the tide and all kinds of good things and the ocean, waves, yeah. the ocean waves and then we yeah. know that the sun helps with seasons and is uh, heat yeah. and light and all that so if those are for the greater lights and the, maybe the lesser lights are stars in the distance are those stars in the distance even if there's billions of them are they in some manner having an effect on the earth? by where they were placed. I mean, God, God's effect, not some weird astrology thing, but do you happen to know if they have an effect on earth? I think there's, I think, like I said, they were meant for light in the night sky. Yeah. And uh, I do know this, that uh, the earth was actually made the first time before the sun and the moon were made. He made this earth millions of years ago. Yeah. In the beginning, in that beginning was the beginning. And then after that, we know by verse whatever, Everything is kind of, I don't have time to go into all that tonight. Sure. But I can just tell you that God has a purpose for everything he makes. Yeah. None of it has anything to do with darkness or evil or wickedness. But yes, you're right. Satan would like to take every image of everything God ever made and make it look like he made it. Satan didn't make anything. Only iniquity was found in him. And that's what has ruined everybody's lives even right now. Uh, doesn't mean God can't put things back together because we may as well go there and say, yes, he's going to. God's got yeah. a plan still for this earth. He's not done with it, people. And I don't under understand everything about the cosmos, except I know who made it. Yeah, totally, totally. Okay, here says a viewer, we don't have a name, asks this question. How would the Father like us to nullify witchcraft in the workplace? Do you have insight on this? So they're in an unsaved environment at work. Well, witchcraft, I guess. How do you nullify it we i don't know if this writer viewer knows about the hosts or any of that yeah, stuff. yeah the first thing i was going to say is if you are commanding the host of heaven send them in there to pull down every witchcraft spirit every witchcraft spirit shred platform they try to operate from spread the platforms 
Yeah. Uh, you, you can't ask them to kill people. Right. But there are spiritual beings that are so full of that stuff and involved in that stuff. They can do things against them. So that would be my number one thing to say. Or you can just say, God, let them become aware that this is going on, that this is the, that what they think is truth, that they're good. They are not. OK, you can say things like that. Pray over them. Always pray where you work. You have a lot of authority where you work because you that's part of the realm you live in. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit ElijahStreams.com slash give and become a partner today. You need to take authority. That that's how you do it. You take authority over any witchcraft operating in that place and have it cast out in Jesus' name. That the people be made free from that stuff and declare that it's not going to affect you, not going to affect your family. Uh, the statements you make yourself about knowing you have authority because of Jesus Christ are very important. But but nor normally I will send the host after all kinds of things, any kinds of spirits like that are, that are dark spirits. Do you ever, I've done this with a, a, when I send the host and no one's ever told me to, to do it or not do it, but I'll send them out to, you know, to fight against the enemy. And I'll say, I will send them, but I'll say, Lord, give me the meanest, honoriest host that will take off there. And I mean, I, I know that some some fighters are more honorary and take less guff off the enemy than others, because even you said there's angels. Oh, I'm there. quite sure there are quite a few that are just like that, Steve. <laughs> yeah, so I do that. It's at least for my entertainment. And God can say no if he wants to, but it's, I have yeah. fun doing it. So, all right. Yesenia, Yesenia asks this. Have you ever seen in the spirit what happens when a believer has communion? either corporately or individually, does something happen that you see in the spirit when they take communion? I know that um, I know that the Godhead consider it extremely holy to take it. Yeah. And I remember one time I was, I'm trying to remember where it was. I was somewhere and they were doing communion, but it was like, it wasn't like it should have been given. It wasn't, it was like, oh, let's do this. We'll pass it around, we'll all take it, we'll say our prayer and shouted from heaven, I heard these words so loud. This is holy. This is holy. I mean, so loud. It almost like it felt like it shook the whole sanctuary I was in. And that's what they kept yelling from heaven. This is a holy thing. This is not a simple thing. This is not a man's thing. This is not a familiar thing. This is a holy thing that orders your own life and the way you live and the things you believe. You need to treat this as a holy thing. And that was shouted from heaven. I was so undone. I wrote wow. it down and gave it to the pastor. And he said, well, I'll check into this later. Well, later that night, a prophet came in on the stage. Guess what they were yelling? <laughs> this is holy. They were yelling about the communion. Really? He opened his mouth and said, this is a holy thing. Communion is a holy thing. Don't ever treat it like it's a familiar thing. This thing has to do with your own life that you're living by the Christ, by Christ's blood, by what he paid, the price he paid. This is a holy thing. Treat it holy. That's good. People got down on the floor. <laughs> really? Wow. He was serious. He was really serious about that. To him, communion is one of the most holy things you can do to recognize the price Christ. Well, paid. you know, Ken, it makes sense because Paul at one point says, I decided to have nothing to do except focus on Christ and him crucified. Well, that's what communion is, Christ and him crucified. He says, this yeah. represents my body. This represents my blood and do this as often as you can do it you're remembering me you're showing the lord's death till he comes is that and when the passage so there's something about that particular act that 
the father wants repeated over and over and over and over and over again, thanking the son, right? That is very special. Yeah. Wow, wow. Okay. Kurt says, what happens in the spirit when you, oh, this is, people have these different questions, what happens in the spirit when? Okay. What happens in the spirit when you give to the needy? Every time I give to someone in need, I feel this overwhelming feeling of joy and love. It's like waves of God's presence all of a sudden. Can you explain what that means or what happens exactly? Okay. When you give in the meeting, is that what he said? I, when you give to the needy, yes. The needy. The needy. Oh, the needy. The needy. Oh, right. God's greatest desire is to have. It even talks about doing that in the Bible. Yeah. My dad spent most of his life doing that. And even now I get great joy in helping people that need help. Yeah. And, and the more they, the more needy they are, the I, I'm just so happy that I got to be a part of helping their lives. You know, we represent God on this earth. We really do by the way we help people, the way we give. And I always tell people, if they have more, if you have extra, find somebody who really needs it and bless them with it. Number one, there's no way you're going to escape being blessed. Not that you do it for that reason, but sometimes nobody has anyone to help them. Like in the Bible, when the, the poor person didn't have any help, and then someone came and helped him to, to get some stuff done. I think helping the needy is one of the greatest things you can do with your life. Even if you just do it, even if you don't necessarily do it as a minister or anything like that, I think considering others more highly than yourself is so important to God that he put that in the Bible. That's good. That's good. Um, Rita's asking, can you explain gener generational curses? Now, that could be a whole three-week seminar, but what? explain what generational curses are. There's I'm not really sure because they can be many different things. Some people think they're generational curses. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're things you get stuck in your own soul and you do the same thing because your parent did it. That doesn't necessarily mean it was a curse. Okay. Like somebody will, somebody will have be an alcoholic and because they hang on, you hang around with them and get used to being with them. You'll just start doing it yourself. That doesn't necessarily mean it's a generational curse. That means you've allowed that same thing they did to get in your own soul and you didn't get it out of your soul, but you started doing it yourself. And sometimes things are passed down because of that reason. I'm not saying there aren't, but I don't really do generational curse things. Well, I was going to ask you that, Kat, because as a seer, so you're not saying you've ever walked in a room and seen a generational curse on someone like that. That doesn't, you don't get that. Probably not. I would okay. see things in their soul. Okay. So you would see that you would. I would, you would see, see what it was in their soul that they needed to get out. <laughs> like, and you might see unforgiveness on them, for instance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's the big one, isn't it? Talk it is about hey, because I we've been asked a couple times now. What happens in the spirit when this? What happens? What happens in the spirit when somebody forgives? There, I'm I'm asking it. What happens in the spirit when someone forgives? That's one of the greatest things you can cause to happen because you're willing to forgive. Now, when you forgive, that means you act like it never happened. Yeah. Hmm. You can't just say you forgive. Then you talk and blab about everything wrong that person did. That's not forgiveness. Okay. That's not what that is. Uh, when the father, when he forgave us, or when Christ forgave, they act like it never happened. So true forgiveness, that's what that means. Number one, you terrify hell. You terrify them. Wow, really? You cause pain in their brain when that wow. happens. If there's demons around when you forgive, they will scream out loud, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't really? do that. They really do. They can't That's... stand it. They don't want their plan going, you know, going wherever you want to call it. You know, They don't want to have their plan ending up being worthless. 
they want you to be angry at that same person so then you can have a battle starting that you end up by hating one another mm. so when you choose truly choose to forgive somebody who has truly wronged you it is one of the most powerful things you can do in the name of jesus christ is to choose to forgive and ask the father not to even write it down that was a that's pivotal when you started teaching on that all right carol's asking hebrews 114 says are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? What tribe of angels are these ministering spirits uh, from, and how do they help us? Okay, I guess they're trying to figure out what that means. Who are the ministering spirits? She's asking. It's usually, I'm sure, it's probably some of Gabriel's group that minister to people, okay. um, and they can they can do that by they may follow or go with somebody who does that. And that's part of their ministry and they actually go with them to help them minister maybe they maybe they give them not more anointing but they probably will stand there and cover them and protect them from anything the enemy is trying to do against them while they're ministering or they're just angels sent out um probably not by themselves usually they're sent in twos or threes even they are sent out like that and they'll find somebody probably really hurt or wounded or something and they actually will go find others and influence them to come and give them help uh, that's one of the ways they minister is to get help for people that really seriously need help or or, to, or people who are actually praying and asking God, I seriously need help. I'm so desperate for this. Please send me help. They will find someone to influence to go and help those people. So it isn't necessarily one-on-one -on -one that these ministering angels are doing it with a person. Sometimes it's people who are out looking to help somebody and they will find them and have them not necessarily say, look, I'm a ministering angel. I want you to go help these people. But they will influence them by what they're saying to them or the things they put in their thoughts. Uh, I have a related question: whether it's the host or these kind of spirits or you know whatever kind of angel. Let's I think or, ministering or, spirits are probably with Gabriel. They're not okay. army. So my question is: if they've been whichever kind of angel has been influencing you throughout your entire life, and you went bad and you kept making bad choices, and finally you you just you went hell was your you died and hell was your your place. Does I would think an angel who has spent your their your life trying to influence you, and they lost. Is this a discouraging event? Do the do the angels feel like we tried and we failed? Do you have any sense on that? I don't really have anything to say about that because I've okay. never been. I've not been involved in stuff like okay. that. Yeah. Most of the stuff I'm involved with is the influence that they also give people who are praying for these people. If these are people that they've been guarding and protecting, if they are, are their guardian angels, then they will use every bit of influence they have themselves, or they'll even go and minister uh, through other ways, or they'll get people to come along their path and minister to these people. Sometimes it's easier besides a family member to minister to somebody who really needs help than it is than the family, uh, family ministering to somebody. So they will actually go find other people and their number one job they normally do is to get them to come along the path of the person that they're wanting to get born again. But I would think you're right, Steve. I think it would be pretty hard in some ways for them to miss heaven if they've got if they've really been with them all that long time. Yeah. If they were working for the Lord in the beginning, if they were doing stuff for the Lord in the beginning, I think there are other ways and things that they can do to pull them back onto that path that they were back yeah. on. Good. All right. Now, we'll, just so you know, we have six minutes left. I'm going to honor you needed to be down. So six minute warning. Greg asks, have you ever seen the armor of God? What does it look like? Is it like Roman armor, redivial or 
medieval or something else. And I don't know if she means God's armor or or put on the full armor of God. Is that is he talking about that or God's what he wears? I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure what he means either. I know yeah. that the Lord has armor. I've seen his armor. It's very supernatural looking. Okay. It doesn't look like something from Rome at all. Okay. It's, 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 I can't even describe the color of it or even what, what substance it may be made out of, but it is very powerful. I've seen him on his own roaring chariot uh, coming down from heaven on it. And I was in a meeting and he rode right in just like that into the meeting on his chariot. And I just about fell on the floor. And he came up and picked my head up and he said, you child, on the first time I came as a savior, the next time I'm coming as their king. As what? Their king. Oh. Their king. And he's not talking about coming to take them home on the rapture rug either. No. <laughs> he's not talking about that kind of thing. No. Uh, okay. So that's Eddie's E-D-E-A-D-I-E. -E -E. I think it's Edie, the way it's spelled. You said there are transport systems in heaven, but what about message systems? If you want to go see a friend, lives on the other side of heaven is there a way to send a message or i'll say or phone him up or whatever what would you you just go stand where you want to say and yell to him really yeah that's it give me a call <laughs> or i'm coming to see you or why don't you come and see me uh, yeah you can just stay at wherever you're at and they will hear you okay that's good catherine asked god gave adam the task of naming all the animals what was this an act of any spiritual importance is this like his introduction to his role in the world? So he's, I guess, spiritual importance or just a fun thing to do. I would be maybe she's asking. I think he was given Adam authority in the garden. Okay. That's what he was doing, and he asked him to name the animals. He didn't call them horse, cow, you know, pig. He actually gave them names, and they had conversations with them. With the animals. Yeah, like pet. Yeah. Like that, like that. So, Doctor Doolittle, which is a great story, was yes. really, was really that way in the beginning. Yeah, was it? it really was that way. They had, okay. I mean, even the father has. He has his own unicorn. Jesus has his own horse, lightning. Uh, Holy Spirit has a horse named Thunder. This all started in heaven. It was a thing in heaven that started, and so Adam was given direction over all these animals in the in the garden. That was part of his job, and he named them. Okay. Well, all right. We got three questions. Let's see if we get to them all. Mona asks, "How important is it to test the spirits? Could you teach on that? We don't have time to teach on it, a whole thing. But how? It's pretty simple, actually. Yeah. Go ahead. If any kind of anything that comes up to you, let's say it appears in the middle of the night or in the daytime, it walks through your wall, whatever, and it says, "Come and follow me. I have something great to show you." Do not go with them until you test them. That's what the Bible says. You're giving a test to find out if that, that spirit is from heaven or hell. It's really one of the most important things you'll ever learn to do. Don't just go because you're giving permission no matter where they take you, no matter what they show you, that they will tell you that is truth. That doesn't mean it is truth. There is a mock heaven and a mock hell and the demons will take you there and they don't look like demons and they'll convince you certain things happen. And I know that actually has happened to other people like They've been taken to a mock hell and they'll tell, tell them people are in hell because they wore blue jeans. And they'll believe it because you know why? They had a real encounter. Wow. That real encounter doesn't make it real. What makes it real is when you ask them this question, are you of the spirit of the most high God who sent his son to die for the sins of this world? That is a test question. They cannot lie. If they are not from God, they will disappear. 
or they will shut their mouth and then you tell them to get out. But if they ha if they say, yes, it is I, I am from the living God, then you will know that that is from God. And it's the simplest thing you can do, but most people don't do it. Okay. All right. Well, Kat, that's our time. I want to just say real quickly on this, revealingheaven.com, which is on the screen, that's where your products are. The cup in the foreground and the pen on your uh, lapel. Well, it's not a lapel, but it, but it says, it I is. don't do demons. <laughs> Uh, yeah, those are some of the products. It's one of our favorite things the Holy Spirit gave us. That is a quote to put on things. And of course, we do have this tumbler that says, where it is? I don't do demons. And that yeah. lightning bolt is to remind Satan how he was kicked out of heaven and hell. Yeah, so good. By the way, if anyone, whenever Robin Bullock comes on, he doesn't come on every week these days because he's very busy but when he, every time he comes on he's wearing that same pen that you made you all made yes yes he we, likes gave it, the so. pen. we gave one to hank i think we gave them i think spirit force we gave them several other pens yeah. also. and robin but, is very diligent always putting that on i was proud of him so all yeah. right and then your other website where your is a spiritual website with training yeah the the is it the cat cur.com or cat cur the cat cur.com mm -hmm. okay all right, and as you've said to other people, that's the only stuff. Yeah. Oh, Jen said it's catcur.com. Catcur.com, and it's the only place people can give is on that site, no yeah. other place. So. The catcur yeah. is your Facebook page. The catcur is my Facebook page. Right. Okay, but good, good, good. Catcur is the only way that you can give online to me. There's no other space out there. There's no one. There's no fake place saying, if you if you give to this person, then I'll do this for you. That's not me. I'm not yeah. gonna do that. Uh, okay. we made one place for you to give so that it would be safe for everybody to give. And we're very grateful, especially to all the guardians, those who are part of that. And uh you all remember to bless Steve too, because Steve is like a guard at the gate mm. that you. has a prophetic mantle on himself that he allows the prophetic, the true prophetic voice of God to be heard around this world. Hmm. many times over and that helps to give you truth and i want you to say thank you to him too and bless him too because because we've been doing this for over a hundred weeks now yeah we <laughs> we've been and very grateful for the opportunity to do that but yeah. if it were not perceived we would not have to do it yeah, i feel like we have tons of other questions that will come up too even though we've been oh, doing we it for weeks. so all right well that's our time we need to let you skip out of here cat curse so we'll let you do that as soon as the credits roll you can go a quick reminder to look at, uh, especially through the first part of the program, we had the phone number and the website for yeah. those who want to be on Cat Curse Cruise. If you don't get in right away, you might not get in. So go, go, go. So yeah. here it is again, heavenlycruises.com or or the phone number 209-588-9565. Do not miss it. It's, it's in August, but you got to get in quick in order to get in. So don't wait any further. So. God bless you, everyone. Tomorrow is Donna Rigney. Thursday, uh, tomorrow, Thursday is Donna Rigney. He, she's always a favorite. So uh, blessings, blessings. Thank you, Kat. God bless you. Yes, God bless we, you. Too. We will see you all again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Yes. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. 
Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.